You are now listening to Wave a Sound. Welcome to episode 76 of Versus Mike History. I am your host, Michael History. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen. And if you're on your preferred platform, let us know. We'll do our best to change that. For premier access to Versus Mike History content, join our members-only subscription tier at VersusMikeHistory.com. Negroes have great style. I think this is true, even if it sounds chauvinistic. And white people don't have much style. And one of the reasons the Negroes have a certain style is because they are aware of the conditions of their lives. They can't fool themselves about it, you know. And when a Negro laughs or tries to make love or, or eats or dances, it's a kind of total action. I don't mean this way white liberals are immediately going to think I mean it. I don't mean they're more, sim- more sensual, more primitive, more, the more spontaneous and all this um, ethnic jazz. I mean, that, I mean that they live. A, they live on another level of experience, which doesn't allow them as much room to, as much room to, for make believe as white people have. Peace, family. We are back for another episode of Versus Mike History. This episode is dropping a little late. My apologies, but we'll be ball regardless. Um, happy to be here. I hope you guys are happy to hear me. Uh, we got some topics to get into this week. Got a controversial stand-up we got to get to the bottom of. And, uh, yeah, pretty standard episode. Hope everybody's staying safe, uh, doing everything they need to do to take care of their business. Hope everyone is doing well. Uh, and yeah, if you guys, I would like to hear from you guys. If you guys would like to write into the show, give your opinions, some feedback, a story that I could share on the show, that would be cool. I would like to interact with you guys a little bit more. But um, yeah, let's go ahead and get into the show. Now, as always, we got to leave with love, and I want to give a shout-out to my homie Lee, 2219 Lee. He performed along with Cash Cobain and um, some friends at SOBs last week, and I uh, just wanted to show some love, you feel me? They uh, they shut the shit down. They did what they needed to do, and uh, it's up, you know? So I just wanted to show some love. Shout-out to the homies, and let's go ahead and keep it moving. Okay, let's go ahead and get into our Black Spotlight. So, this week I have children's book author crowned first black preteen international. And I'm getting this from Black Enterprise, so bear with me. Morgan E. Taylor popped up on the scene when she was five years old as a co-author of Daddy's Little Princess, a nonfiction children's book that introduces real princesses of color from around the world. Now the preteen who envisioned being a princess is a queen. On Wednesday, July 28th, 2021, Morgan competed as Miss Preteen Tar Heel State for the international title and won crowned as Miss Preteen International in Kingsport, Tennessee. She is the first black preteen to achieve this honor. It's such an honor to represent preteens everywhere and to encourage young people to read, said Morgan. My goal is to be authentic and to be a positive role model. Shout out to Morgan Taylor. 
not only is she an author, but she is inspiring little girls around the world with her pageantry. And uh, it's super dope, you know? First Black Miss Preteen International. That's very cool. Shout out to her. Let's go ahead and jump into our topics. I want to get started with the story about Kevin Hart coming from Black Enterprise. So Kevin Hart's Laugh Out Loud partners with NBC Universal NBC Universal to launch screenwriting fellowship for black women. Kevin Hart's Laugh Out Loud, the multi-platform comedy brand founded by Kevin Hart and Sundance Institute, has partnered up with NBC Universal to help three black women screenwriters bring their visions to life. As part of their inaugural Women Right Now Fellowship Program, three black women in comedy will have their work streamed exclusively through LOL Studios with an early release on Peacock and One Lucky Fellow will receive a career-changing development deal. Writers Willandria Blair, Danielle Nicolette, and Mani Oyedipo were selected from a pool of over 670 scripts by aspiring writers across the country by between July 8th and August 5th. As part of the fellowship, the ladies will have their scripts produced and developed by LOL Studios. Shout out to these three black women. Shout out to Kevin Hart for putting this together. Um, it's really dope to see black women really gaining a foothold uh, in all of these different fields and industries in America right now. Um, especially in entertainment, though, because women have so much to provide to um, our entertainment that we just, you know, completely glaze over for decades and decades. But, um, yeah, this is cool news. All right, next up, I got some news from The Root. Uh, Bomani Jones is getting a new show from HBO. So, Bomani Jones' gradual ascent has been something to behold. In little over a decade, he's grown from his humble beginnings as an AOL contributor and Riley, North Carolina radio host to an ESPN mainstay and deadpan delivery. Oh, to an ESPN mainstay who's deadpan delivery signature sarcasm and contrarian views make frequent appearances all over television and Twitter. In short, the 41 year old Clark Atlanta graduate is kind of a big deal. And now thanks in part to HBO, he'll be an even bigger deal with the announcement that he's venturing into late night television. HBO has ordered game theory with Bomani Jones, a weekly late night series starring Emmy winning sports journalist and commentator Bomani Jones that will break down timely issues playing out in the world of sports. Production will take place in New York starting in 2022. Jones is currently a contributor on HBO's Back on the Record with Bob Costas, has appeared in the HBO sports documentary seri- doc- documentaries The Battle for Tobacco Road, Duke vs. Carolina, and Running Rebels. Jones has spent over 15 years in sports media and most notably at ESPN as a co-host of Highly Questionable and High Noon on the podcast The Right Time with Bomani Jones. He has enriched sports commentary with his own unique style. I look forward to looking at that, man. Um, Bomani Jones is definitely one of the better and more entertaining uh, sports commentators out there. So him venturing into HBO, who... HBO can do no wrong in my eyes. Um, seems like a perfect parent, and I think that they'll put together some really cool content. So I'm looking forward to that. All right, so this news is interesting to me because it seemingly came out of nowhere, and now it's picking up full steam. Uh, I have here, I have here that Kanye West's upcoming Donda Academy already recruiting some of the top high school basketball players. Um, and I'm getting this from Black Enterprise, so bear with me. Kanye West's latest album, named after his late mother Donda, is the rapper's homage to keeping her legacy alive. It's being reported that the billionaire businessman's school, Donda Academy, named in her honor, is underway. 
and the education facility has also recruited some of the top high school basketball players in the country to attend. According to the USA Today high school, uh, high school sports, West is reportedly preparing to open the prep school in Simi Valley, California. The eclectic artist reportedly has already enlisted a five-star 2023 guard, Robert Dillingham, four-star 2022 guard, Zion Cruz, four-star forward, Jalen Hooks, and 2024 forward, Ja'Kai Howard. Um, Yeah, there's not much more about this, just a bunch of tweets coming from the kids. Um, I think that this is really interesting. I knew that Kanye was on... Uh, his mission to like try to change the world through um, more of various outlets um, outside of just fashion and music. I knew that he was going to open a school and that he wanted to do like water and build buildings. And he's been on, he's been on a tear <laughs> with the, with, with his, uh, with his wealth. So this is all, this is all interesting. I'm curious to see how this goes. Um, and, you know, what wild times we're living in today, right? Yeah. All right, we got some history to break here. For the first time in its 232-year history, a black man, Damian Williams, will lead the Southern District of New York. And I'm getting this from Black Enterprise, so bear with me. Attorney Damian Williams has become the first black man to lead the Southern District of New York in its 232-year history. Williams was nominated for the position by President Joe Biden in August, and those who have previously held the position have gone on to become judges, senators, and the mayor of New York City. The confirmation makes Williams the most powerful law enforcement official in the five boroughs. The Southern District handles some of the nation's most complex cases, including fraud, terrorism, and corruption. The office is currently preparing to try just slain Maxwell on sex trafficking charges and is investigating former NYC mayor and former president Donald Trump's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, over his dealings in Ukraine. Shout out to this black man for attaining a role that no other black man has achieved to this day. Um, hopefully he does some good. We can have hope, right? But regardless, congratulations history and change moving forward there has to be some change moving forward black writer wins nobel prize in literature for the first time since 1993 novelist abdul razak gurna has become the first black writer to win the nobel prize in literature since 1993 the swedish academy the swedish academy announced thursday Gurna, who was born in Zanzibar and has written 10 novels and was recognized by the Nobel Prize judges for his uncompromising and compassionate penetration of the effects of colonialism and the fate of the refugee in the gulf between cultures and continents. Gurna will receive $1 million in prize money for the award. The writer formerly worked in the University of Kent in England, where he taught English and post-colonial literature. I think it's just brilliant and wonderful, uh, Gurna told Reuters. When he asked how he felt about uh, felt to win the prize, I am very grateful to the Swedish Academy for nominating me and my work. It's just great. It's just a big prize and such a huge list of wonderful writers. I'm still taking it in. It was such a complete surprise that I really had to wait until I heard it announced before I could believe it. Shout out to this man for being rewarded for his uncompromising work. And for his unwavering ability to 
speak about his experiences. All right, last up, I have here that Bubba Wallace becomes the first black driver to win a NASCAR Cup Series in over 50 years. And I'm getting this from Blavity News, so bear with me. Bubba Wallace has become the has become the first black driver to win the NASCAR Cup Series in over 50 years after his victory at the Talladega Super Speedway. Wallace found himself celebrating the victory after crews attempted to dry the track after consistent rain during Monday's playoff race, ESPN reported. Officials suspended the game after the 27-year-old made his way to the front of the field just five laps prior. The North Carolina native won the historic race during the number 23, or driving the number 23 car during his first season as part of the 23XI racing team owned by NBA legend Michael Jordan and his partner Denny Hamlin. The car number is the same Jordan Ward while playing in the NBA. Shout out to Bubba Wallace, man. I'm really rooting for him because he's bringing a black audience back to NASCAR and willing, winning the NASCAR Cup and being the first black man to do so in 50 years is for sure going to do that. And, you know, we need representation everywhere. And, you know, I'm rooting for everybody black. So that's how we do it over here. Alrighty, time to get into some new music. Um, I'm not gonna lie, there has not, I have not been keeping up with what has been released this week. Um, I know that we got a new album from Don Tolliver, Life of a Don, but I have not heard the entire thing. Sorry, I only heard a couple songs. I think I heard the Travis Scott joint. That song's cool, but you know, I'm behind y'all, so bear with me, please. Um, we get news music from Nas, uh, produced by Hit Boy for Masterclass called Big Nas. Um, FBG Go and Future Aerobics. We get Garden Party. These are singles, by the way. Uh, we get Garden Party, Masego Big Boy and JID. Piano Love from Conway the Machine. Uh, Freddie Gibbs in Arts and Boogie. Wartime. Uh, Robert Glasper and who's this? Oops, Tiffany Goosh. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And that's called Shine. Contacts from McJenkins, which I heard was good, but I have not gotten the chance to listen to yet. And yeah, Flavor Flav Flav with Duckworth, Dua Soleil. Um, yeah. Sorry guys, I'm not, I'm doing bad, but uh, yeah, there's, oh, there's a, a versus coming up too, Big Daddy Kane and KRS-One, that was announced, before I forget it, that was announced, Uh, that's coming up when, let me go look that up, I'm looking this up in real time, so you guys are going to have to deal with all of this side chatter that doesn't really make any sense KRS-1 and Big Daddy Kane that is on Sunday October 17th versus on Triller uh, but yeah like I was saying I don't really have that much new music I don't really know what's going on um I'm still listening to Meek's album. I really like that thing, man. It's cool. It's really cool. And yeah, that's where I leave music. Sorry, guys. 
All right, let's go ahead and get into television, movies, trailers, and all of that jazz. Um, okay, I guess we'll go ahead and get started with what is plastered on the front of this episode, which is Dave Chappelle's face, um, and talk about his new stand-up, The Closer. Uh, man, that was that's some content, ain't it? Uh, Dave Chappelle released a new special on Netflix called The Closer, where it's essentially cla- um, closing off his run of Netflix specials that he has been putting out for the last few years since he's returned to stand-up. Um, I think it's been about five, four or five at this point. And yeah, throughout this series of specials, Dave has spoken about his relationship to the LGBTQ community and, um, you know, the pitfalls that he's gone through in terms of the backlash he's received from speaking out about his opinions and everything like that. And I think that you could say that this special is like the penultimate discussion of these uh, views and um, you know he he spoke his mind he spoke his mind I don't want to ruin it for anybody because uh, you know I just don't do that here but he spoke his mind and a lot of people have since spoken out about how you know his work is transphobic and how Netflix should pull the special and my personal view is that they shouldn't do that but there it does seem to be uh, a looming uh, trend of people saying wild things to get a reaction so like a counter cancel culture whereas like um, you say something crazy so that people can respond to you so that they can, so that you can then say they're trying to cancel me, which will then bring attention to you. Um, I think that that's what's going on a lot in the industry currently. I'm not going to necessarily say it's happening here, even though you can definitely make an argument for that. Um, I thought it was funny. You know, I thought it was funny. I'm not a part of any community that he spoke extremely critically of um, throughout the special, but I did enjoy it. Um, I know that may sound insensitive, but it's just the truth. Um, I see how it could be offensive to people who are part of those communities. And, you know... I hope that people come to terms with the decisions that they choose to make surrounding his content. I don't know. I really don't have that much to say about it, but um, I do find it entertaining. Um, And I am a fan of Dave Chappelle, and I do think that we need people to be able to speak freely. So there's that. And I guess I'll just move on. So... I've been watching Squid Game on Netflix. I've not finished it yet. I do think that it is a really good series. I'm loving Korean cinema more and more as 
I get exposed to more of their projects and more of their creators. Um, shout out to the creator who said he was pitching this idea for 10 years or for eight years, excuse me, and um, just never gave up, you know. Um, what else have I been watching? I've been watching Wu-Tang. That has been consistently good um, throughout this second season. I've also been watching Disney, Disney Marvel's What If. That just finished up. The uh, It was a two-parter to the What If Ultron 1. The Watcher goes and recruits the Guardians of the Multiverse, which are which are a bunch of characters that we've seen throughout the series thus far, and they have a big old battle, and it's pretty cool. Um, you guys should check that out. I also got the opportunity to watch Black Widow. I thought that that film was good. Um, like what most people have said about it is just poorly placed in the Marvel timeline in terms of. Um, when it was released, I think that it, if that film was released at the perfect time, which was between Civil War and Infinity War, then it would have uh, gotten the acclaim that it deserves. Um, I also think that they severely underused Taskmaster, and I don't understand why they chose to include um, uh, a character that we recognize from the comics that isn't that doesn't have the same background just for them to be underused. I don't really get that. But um, I think that was like a, a marketing thing. I would have personally preferred if they did sort of something like a like a born identity, treadstone type situation where Natasha and Yel- Yelena are running around the world from black widows that are like stashed everywhere. I thought that would have been a better idea. Uh, but this was still very, very entertaining. Uh, the family aspect was definitely one of the stronger things that held the film together. That was surprising to me, um, seeing as this was a spy movie. Uh, and yeah, you know, it was a good, it was good overall. It's good overall. I enjoyed it. Uh, there's some stuff in the works. I started Why the Last Man. Uh, I saw the first episode. I've not gotten through the second episode yet. Uh, but I'm very curious to see how it plays out. Some interesting characters that I want to see get fleshed out. And uh, there's a lot of shows to watch right now. Insecure is on its way back. Succession is on its way back. So we have a lot of things to look forward to. Also, Hawkeye comes back. Uh, well, not comes back, but Hawkeye premieres in November. We get Eternals in November. So this end stretch of the year is just really packed with a lot of content. Um, Venom 2 is out right now. Still have not seen that. Uh, No Time to Die, the new 007 film is out right now. I have not seen that either. And it's just really interesting to see how uh, we've switched from being completely streaming to, you know, really up and back in back in those theaters. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much all I got. So as always send topics, questions and music and movie suggestions. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at VS Mike history and on Instagram and the fan base app at versus Mike history. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike history and on Instagram at last name history. And this week's sound selection comes from West side gun and J electronica. And it is entitled, free cutter so 
I want you guys to enjoy, stay beautiful, and stay true to your roots, black people. Ah. <laughs> 